You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM with Ben Karen Audula. We are now speaking to Anastasia French, campaign organizer for the Living Wage for Families campaign. Now, for the first time since the living wage has been calculated in BC, Victoria has outpaced Vancouver as one of the province's most expensive cities. Anastasia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Please give us some background on this report. Yes, so every year um, we at Living Wage for Families work with the CCPA to calculate the living wage rate for communities across the province. And the living wage is the minimum amount that a family needs to be able to earn to make ends meet, to pay for essentials like food and housing and childcare and things like that, but not to pay for things like paying off debt or savings for retirement. It really is a bare bones budget. And um, this year the living wage went up across British Columbia. In uh, Metro Vancouver it went up by 17%. The living wage is now $24.08 an hour. But interestingly, as you talked about, uh, for the first time, um, Victoria has overtaken Vancouver as a more expensive city to live. Uh, Their living wage is now $24.29 an hour. And the reason for that is because um, housing is now pretty much the same. It now costs pretty much the same to rent in Victoria as it does to rent in Vancouver. But what is more expensive in Victoria is food. And I think that's mainly the cost of getting food over to the island. Interesting. And I was going to say, you know, again, kind of going into especially looking at the support, we've got inflation, of course, that has been hitting Canadians really hard. So how did that sort of factor into the report? Yeah, the cost of the increased cost of living has is increasing is contributing to most of the increases. Um, about seventy percent of the increases is because life is more expensive, um, food's more expensive, uh, housing's more expensive. Every everything we're looking at, and I think that comes as no surprise to anyone who has gone to a grocery store this year and is just shocked by how much fruit and vegetables are to buy. Um, we did make one slight change to the methodology, and that's because um, the cost of housing. We, the, the source we use for our data looks at the cost of housing for everyone, whether you've been in your home for 10 years or whether you are looking today. Now, what's happened is that there's a growing gap between those people who have been in their homes for 10 years and so benefiting from rent control. And so their rent only goes up by about 2 to 3% every year versus those people who have to look today. So as soon as you have to look today for housing, suddenly you're looking at paying 10 to 20% more in rent than um, if you'd been able to just stay in your home. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the other aspect too. now we want to ask you too is, okay, now knowing this information, what role can government playing in addressing this issue? Government can play a really key role. And actually, the living wage would be even higher if it wasn't for the government. So they've already done quite a good job in helping families with children through um, both things like the Canada Child Benefit and the Family Benefit, but mainly also reducing the cost of childcare. Um, childcare Went, only went up by 1% this year because of a lot of the fee reductions that have come in. And actually, childcare has gone from being the second most expensive item in the family budget to third. Now, what we want the government to do is to take that commitment and that passion and that investment they've shown in, how, in childcare and look at what they can do from housing. And David E.B. yesterday already announced a few plans of things he's going to do. And some of them, are, they're, they're, they're good, but they don't go all the way there. Um, so we want things like, for example, um, a landlord can't just put the rent up by however much when the next tenant moves in and instead when a new tenant moves in they're restricted by the same rent control that the old tenant was so we don't see these sudden spikes in the cost of housing as soon as you have to move Uh, and as well as that we also need more affordable housing to be built um, and as quick as possible. Anastasia are there more businesses willing to pay a living age at the moment has there been a change on that front? 
Yeah, so we've seen since the pandemic that we've doubled the number of living wage employers in BC. So there's now nearly 400 employers across the province who have committed to paying their staff a living wage, which is amazing. And they found that not only is there the ethical reason for paying a living wage, and they want to make sure that their workers can afford rent and food in an expensive city like Vancouver, but they also see business benefits as well. They can find they find it easier to recruit and to retain staff, to keep staff, um, increases morale, increases productivity. It makes business sense as well as ethical sense. We know that these increases, this this sudden this 17% is going to be really tough for businesses. Uh, well, for some businesses. For some, they're already there, and that's fine. And then for those that are struggling a bit, we want to work with them and kind of make it, see what we can do to kind of ensure that they can lift the wages of their staff because it really does make such a difference for their lives. And, you know, now we've got these two terms. We've got a living wage, and then we've got the minimum wage. What is the difference between the two? Great question. So the minimum wage is $15.65 an hour, and that is the minimum an employer legally needs to be able to pay their staff. But what we know from the living wage, which is nearly, uh, which is $8 an hour higher, is that actually that's what people need to be able to live. So if you're that gap between what a minimum, what actually you're receiving, if you if you're a if you're a minimum wage worker, you're only getting $15.65 an hour. You actually need another $8 an hour on top of that to be able to actually pay the bills. Um, and so if you're, if you're only earning minimum wage, you're often either having to make work multiple jobs um, to make ends meet, and that's time you're not spending with your family, not spending in the community, um, being very stressed, it impacts on your health, mental and physical, um, or you're having to make really difficult decisions on how you're going to cut back. Uh, you're going to decide that you're not going to buy groceries today instead you're going to get gas, um, or you're going to live in overcrowded housing because you can't afford to have a bedroom for every child. Um, and these are difficult decisions that thousands of workers across BC are having to make every single day. And Anastasia, you know, the work that you do, are there any policies that we could look to at other countries that are maybe working their way towards having a living wage? Do we have countries that are really invested in this? Um, I think New Zealand are doing a really, really great job. Um, they, 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 their, their minimum wage and their living wage are quite close together. Um, the UK have been talking about living wage for, for many years, over a decade. And what's actually really interesting in the UK is, is the number of employers who have got on board. And these are brand names we've all heard of. Companies like HSBC, um, companies like IKEA, Costco, all of those kind of businesses that you've, you've heard of are living wage employers in the UK. And what we'd like to do is take that to have all of those brand name companies be living wage employers here because they employ thousands of workers and the difference it can make to their lives if they're earning a living wage is really significant. Anastasia, is there a regulatory body that kind of overlooks employers who do not pay the rightful wage and then can afford it as well? Yeah, so if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't make fifteen sixty five an hour, I only make fifteen an hour, um, I'd encourage you to um, either look at the Employment Standards um, Act and the government, there's, a, there's the Employment Standards Board, is the government's board who will look into this and make sure that you should be earning a minimum wage. Um, or if you want to work with a non-profit who are doing some really great work in advocating for that, if you Google uh, Workers Solidarity Network, they'll work with workers to make sure they're paid at the very minimum, a minimum wage. Um, the government are looking at what they can do to increase the minimum wage. There's a there's an organ that they've, they've commissioned a report to, to, to look at how they can lower that gap, but that report was due to be published about two years ago. And so every year that they delay in publishing that report, that gap between the minimum and the living wage just continues to grow. Anastasia, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything thank else you'd you. like to add before I let you go? I think you've covered, you've covered the main points. Well done. Thank you so much. You have a good one. No worries. Bye.